last session that we do on the book of James this, uh, this time out. And uh, we're, we're going to look at a passage from James chapter 4. And what, what, uh, the title is, is Growing Through Facing Your Future. Uh, I might also say the title has to do with uh, common mistakes that people make in planning because it looks like, uh, like uh, planning, when you read the book of James, he has some things to say about that and we want to we focus in on, on those things. I, I learned a long time ago that I could change the world through planning. It was um, uh, really an amazing thing to realize that that you could reach into the future. It actually started out, I, I was after I left here at Elam and went up to a, a, um, uh, the church in Oswego where I, was, uh, where I was working and the pastor assigned me the task of putting together our ch- church's annual camp. Uh, believers, uh, it was a, 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 a kind of a camp gathering at Beaver, uh, Beaver Lake or Beaver, Beaver Camp. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Lowville area? And uh, yeah, come on. And, uh, and so uh, this was the responsibility that was given to me. And, uh, and so like you, you know, I, I just said, okay, I went after the thing. And, and it was amazing because, you know, I, I laid out the plan and who the speakers were going to be and what the schedule was going to be and just worked on it and getting everybody there and how to make it all possible and put it all together. And, and, lay, and, and, and in the end, you know, the, almost the whole church came and it was one of those turning point moments in the church, a powerful experience. And I realized that I could reach into the future and begin to plan for something that didn't exist and that it could come to fruit through the grace of God. It could come to fruit in a way that actually changed people's lives and made an impact. Uh, after that, uh, as you know, I, I started BASIC, and uh, it was a very similar concept, you know, that the BASIC conferences were started from. And, and we started uh, another ministry called Mobilize to Serve, which was, uh, again, had, we, we touched thousands of people. But sometimes in, in that ministry, to, you know, to get places that would, that would house thousands and to get the speakers, I'd be planning sometimes two or three years into the future. I would have to forecast out two or three years and book facilities and book speakers and plan and take control in that kind of way. And so it was a very, very powerful experience. Uh, it, it, it also uh, came to fruit on this campus, came to a, a fruit on this campus, the building that we see, the ministry center, Elam Gospel Church Ministry Center. So I'm, I'm, I'm the one who led when that thing uh, came together. And uh, what a powerful thing it was when in 1994 we were actually in here. Before that, the church used to meet in here. And we were in here and we were having special meetings, uh, April, uh, May 1994. And um, I was up here on the stage and the, the, the Lord just, I was l- looking out here and the Lord said to me, I want to make your foyer space bigger than this sanctuary is. And I want you to, to begin to move out on that. And we began to go and, and, uh, and build that church. And if you take the halls and the foyer and the whole, whole thing, it's larger than this sanctuary is, you know. Uh, at that time, opened all the way up, all the way uh, around. And, and uh, it was amazing, you know, to, to see it, conceiving the building, working with architects, builders, vision casting, fundraising, all that kind of stuff, that you can reach into the future and change the future through planning. 
I think of our school here and planning for accreditation. Next Tuesday, uh, Monday, I'll be flying out to Dallas, Texas. And Tuesday, I will uh, go in and they are going to hand us the uh, full accreditation for the school. All, uh, yeah, right. Absolutely. I, I was in the meeting when that started 15 years ago the board meeting at Elam uh, Bible Institute at that time it was called, Elam Bible Institute, and I was in the meeting and, and they began to set the vision and, and move ahead. And So things can happen. In, in your notes it says this, the Bible encourages planning. Proverbs 21.5, it says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. And then in Proverbs 6, he says, Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief officer or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. Now, the Bible says some super positive things about planning, but James also has some warnings for us about what not to do when preparing for the future. There's a wrong way to prepare for the future, and James talks to us about that. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to James chapter 4, verse 13, and uh, I'll just read just through 17, verse 17, 13 through 17. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. And he says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. So James is talking and he, he takes on the persona, he takes on the, the perspective of a businessman. And he, he speaks to the businessman and he, he says, this is the way you think. He says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. And then he says, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Now the first question we have to ask is what's God's problem with this businessman? Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a place. Because when you, when you read what James says, it sounds like, wow, the guy seems like he's an excellent planner. He answers all the questions, you know, the questions that, that are planning questions are who, what, when, where, why, how, how much. That's, those are the, the questions that you use when you plan. And he asks, you know, when, today or tomorrow, where, city, how long, we'll spend a year, what, engage in business, why, make a profit. He seems like he answers all the questions, but there is a problem. And, uh, and actually this passage points out three common mistakes when preparing for the future. Okay, and the first common mistake is this, number one, planning without God. Not a single mention of God is in this whole description. This, the businessman is a practical atheist. Now, in your notes, I, I give you a definition of a practical atheist. A practical atheist lives as if God, God doesn't exist no matter what he says he believes. Think about it. A practical atheist. A practical atheist lives 
They live their life as if God does not exist, no matter what they say they believe. They're, when they're making their plans, when they're doing their stuff, they do it from a perspective that says that doesn't involve God in any kind of way. And remember, James has been challenging us about whether our faith is real or not. And, and you know, he said to us, you know, is your faith real? He says, do you care for widows and orphans? Remember, we talked about that. And he, do, is your faith real? He says, well, how do you control your mouth? And we talked about that. You know, he says, these are different ways. And now he gives us another way. How can you know if your faith is real? This is how you know if your faith is real. Do you leave God out of your planning. That is, when you start thinking about the future, when you start forecasting, when you start looking ahead, do you do that planning and that thinking without inviting God to be a part of the process? If you are, you're a practical atheist. In your notes it says this, what's the difference between an unbeliever who doesn't consult God and a believer who doesn't consult God? Right? There is no difference. Uh, Many... uh, Many people say they love God, but when it comes to planning their business, their marriage, their education, they don't consult him, right? They don't, they don't take the time. Uh, I've heard some people say something like this. I don't mix business and religion. Or sometimes i heard people say, I don't mix politics and religion. Listen, when I am a person of integrity, integrity comes from the word integer, Right? That's the, or, or the word one. When, when, I, when it says you're a person of integrity, it means that you are a person of one. That is, when I come in over here, I get the same thing as when I come in over here. When I interact, I, the person, you, you're a person, you're, you're a person of integrity, you're, you're, you're the, the whole thing. I, I, a person of integrity could never say, um, uh, for example, in politics, a person of integrity could never say, hey, you know what? I don't believe in abortion, but I think it's okay if we have abortion. Right? Because you would say, well, wait a minute. Are you, do you not believe in abortion or do you believe in abortion? What's the, you know, what, what's happening, right? So it, it means that you're absolutely consistent. When you have integrity, you're an absolutely consistent person in that kind of way. Um, uh, and and uh, this, is, this, is, this, this is what we have. If we really have God in our hearts, why isn't he involved in our planning? If you're a person of integrity, wouldn't you, when you sat down the plan, invite God into that process? James says we need to include God in our planning for the future. Uh, James 4.15, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or do that. The starting point is to ask God what he wants you to do. Proverbs 16.3, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. Proverbs 19.21, many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. So we must invite God into the planning process. You know, we have... um, we have uh, our Discovery Day students here with us today. I, I'd look at you, and I would say to you, what college, you should be asking God, what college should I go to? This is not, it's, it, you, you know, all of us in this room have been bought with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ has been shed on our behalf. Now, I'm not saying you're supposed to come to Elam. I'm saying you're supposed to talk to God. 
and say to God, God, I want to go where you want me to go. My life does not belong to myself. I don't get to do just what I want to do. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm yours. I'm your servant. I'm following you. You paid the price for me. You died on the cross for me. So my life is not mine. Lord, where do you want me to go? See, this is the planning process. So many of us are afraid to in, bring God into our planning because we have this image of God that he's going to, you know... I'm afraid to ask him, Lord, who should I marry? Because maybe God is going to say, I'm going to give you somebody that's good for you, but not somebody you really like that much. <laughs> right? And so we think to ourselves, you know, I think I'd rather get somebody I like and, and, and we'll work the other stuff out, you know. And, 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 and so we're afraid, you know. We don't say, God, what college should I go to? You know, he's going to send me to a college that's all involved with his will, but he's not going to care if I'm having any fun. See, that's the way we think about God. But that's not the way God is at all. God is every good and perfect gift has come down. Remember we talked about this from the Father above. He is on your side. He's got the right person for you. He's got the right college for you if you're in that situation. He's got the right job for you in the days ahead. He's got this, he's got this all there, but we need to invite him into the process. Okay, second, second future mistake we see when we're preparing for the future. Okay, second future mistake presuming about the future you can't control. James 4.14, he says, Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. The problem with making assumptions about tomorrow. Let me give you just three why it's a problem when you start, when you start assuming about tomorrow. Here, here, number one, okay, first thing is here. Life is unpredictable. You don't even know what your life will be like tomorrow. That is so true. Proverbs 27.1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Come, they say, let us get wine and let us drink heavily of strong drink, and tomorrow will be like today, only more so. That's the lie. That's the lie the enemy will try to put into your mind. Tomorrow will be like today, only more so. It just keeps on going on. But listen to me, it doesn't just keep on going on. You know, some of you will gather uh, someday for your, for your, your 10th um, reunion from school, and I can promise you there'll be people that are not there. Not there because life was short for them. That's what will happen. And uh, you, you'll say to yourself, how could that be? That person was so young, so full of life, and, and they seemed like they had so much promise and everything. The, because the fact is, none of us controls the future. None of us knows what the future holds for us. None of us knows the, that situation. There are no guarantees about tomorrow. And so that's one, of the, that, that, that's one of the things we need to be alert to when we're thinking about this. One of the reasons we can't assume about the future, because it's super unpredictable. Uh, how about the story of the foolish farmer? Remember this one? And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? And then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your, your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. Now, you will own what, now who will own what you have prepared? 
So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So this man was a fool, not because he came up with a plan for his produce, that was absolutely the right thing to do, but because he thought he could control the future. He thought, you know, anything that you rely on to control the future separates you from God. Now, let me explain to you what I mean. Some people think, if I have enough money, I will be safe and secure. And so they put everything into saving. And, and, and now, let me just say to you, I am for saving. I think saving is a, a biblical virtue that's there. But any, even a good thing can become bad if, it become, if you think your security is in that. And so you save up the money thinking that, you know, hey, you know, wow, I've put away a million dollars. Now, that's, that's, that means my retirement is going to be secure. That means my life is going to be secure. I have this money behind me, backing me up in that kind of situation. Listen to me, it can all be gone in a moment. It is shocking the way life works sometimes. Sometimes we put our trust in, uh, you know, maybe the, the diet we have. You know, oh, I'm really diligent about my diet, or I'm really uh, diligent about exercise. And, and I think diet and exercise are very important, very valuable. But if you're trusting your health to diet and exercise, you've got a big problem. A lot of people who had nice diets and great exercise end up dying young. just happens. Just the way life works. You've got to trust your health into the hands of God. And then when he's encouraging you to have good diet and exercise, that's awesome. But your trust has got to be in the hands of God. He's the only one who can hold your future. He's the only one who can make the future secure. You know, another problem with making assumptions about the future is life is brief. Number two in your notes, life is brief. It says in the passage, you are just a vapor, a mist. The Bible gives many descriptions about your life. Listen to some of the ways, the phrases that the Bible uses to describe your lifetime. A shadow, a breath. You ever, you know what I'm talking about, a breath on a cold day? You're outside, you breathe, and and then it just melts away. A breath, a puff of smoke. I can remember my, when I was a, a kid, my my older brother was a cigarette smoker, and, uh, and, and I remember I, I'd sit in his lap, and he was like 10 years older than me. I'd sit in his lap, and, and he, would, he would inhale, and then he would puff out those little circles. You know what I mean? You ever see somebody do that? And the circle would get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it would disappear. Just be gone. It says you're, you're, you're like a puff of smoke. You're like a cloud. You ever go through a cloud on an airplane? You're like grass. Here it is today, and tomorrow it's gone. You're like the leaf in the tree. You're like the weaver shuttle. Have you ever seen a weaver shuttle? It's very fast. Back and forth. Back and forth. You're like a swift ship. When I go down to Florida and I get down on the beach, I like to be out there, and sometimes as I'm out there in the ocean, I can see a See, see a ship that's going by. Or up in the Thousand Islands, sitting on the river, and you see a, 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 a sailboat going down the river. It's like a swift ship. And it's there. You see it for a moment. Oh, look, look at the... And then it's gone. It passes away. These are all the descriptions the Bible gives about your life. You're like an eagle's swoop. You know, up in the Thousand Islands, 
we, we had this uh, campsite. We had a tree right, right on the edge of the water, right there. And this osprey would fly into the tree and would be sitting up in that tree. And it, you just would be, and all at once he would see in the water a fish. And in a moment, he would, bam, hit the water and whoosh, and he'd fly away. And he says, he's, that's what he says. He says, you're, you're like a, an eagle's swoop. There's a poem I put in your notes that says this. When as a child I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth I dreamed and talked, time walked. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still I grew, time flew. And soon I will find in passing on, time gone. James says it is a mistake to presume on your future because your future is uncertain and your life is brief. I remember my son Todd, he was a teenager, you know, he was on the high school basketball team and active in many different ways, very active in school and president of a class kind of a thing. And, and, and he, he got struck by an illness that required surgery. And it really shook him because he thought, you know, you know, here, you know, he just felt like he had everything you could have in life. And now this moment came, bam, the surgery came. And uh, I can remember coming, going down to his room and just kind of coming to his room, opening the door and seeing him kneeling down next to his bed. And, and then, you know, he got up and sat on the bed. I went over next to him because I knew he was really feeling bad. And he looked at me and he said, you know, he said, Dad, all I can think about is that phrase you used to say to me when I was little. What do you mean, Todd? Only one life, it soon will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, it soon will pass. Only what's done. He made a commitment there. He knew he was going to go into business, but he made a commitment. He he said, I promise you, all my money is going to be dedicated toward the kingdom of God and the purposes of God. And even today, he's one of the highest givers to Elam's, to the school, the school you're in. He's, he, he donates at a very high level, his business finances and things like that, because he just realizes, you know what? Tomorrow is not secure for anybody. The only thing we can be secure in is the Lord, trusting in the Lord and putting our confidence in him. Now, you might say to this, well, then, it's, you know, is it any good if the, if the future is not secure? Is it, is it good to have goals for the future and this kind of thing? Absolutely, it's good to have goals for the future as long as there's an awareness of God in your goals, as long as you've invited God to give you your goals, as long as you've brought God into that process. I'm filled with goals right now. Let me tell you a couple of goals that are, that are coming up right here in the beginning of May we're going to have a whole bunch of the roads here on campus are going to get redone. Isn't that awesome? Woo! Wow. It's going to be, that, that parking lot across the way is all going to be covered with black top. Isn't that going to be neat right there? And this road from the front all the way down, up around the big circle over there, college hall, all going to be covered with, with uh, black top. And, and uh, some, I mean, it's just going to be, it's going to be, it'll be, it'll be probably the greatest in terms of the look of the campus. It'll be the greatest thing that's happened, at least for sure, since I've been here and for, I think, many years uh, back. Uh, new roads happening in May. Uh, online classes are beginning this fall. Online classes beginning this fall. Powerful. 
Uh, we've been working all year. We, we, we have a goal. We, we went to Elam Fellowship and we said, look, we want to give a kind of a gift to Elam Fellowship. Many of our missionaries that went to the school uh, ended up going to the mission field related to connected with Elam Fellowship. So we said, we will take five international students from Elam missionaries that are recommended by Elam missionaries and we'll give them a 100% scholarship. And so we're believing God for five from the neediest nations of the world. They're, they're coming from places in Africa and Muslim nations and things like that that are, that are coming in here to be with us, believing young people that are going to come and have a fantastic experience at Elam for a year, be able to go back, and when, when they become leaders in their nations, they're going to remember and be connected to us and to you who are here with them. When, when it happens. And then, and then, of course, another big deal for us in either uh, 1920 or 20, um, uh, 21, the next, next couple of years, uh, we're going to have um, a, uh, a four-year bachelor's degree here at the school. Some of you that are here right now are probably going to end up going on all the way through. You'll be our first students. You'll, you'll graduate in the 94-year history of Elam. You'll be the first person to graduate with a bachelor's degree from Elam Bible Institute and college. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, so, so, so I, I'm not saying we shouldn't have goals, but we just need to get our, we need to get our thinking on straight when it relates to our goals, it's, it, it, to, 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 to connect with them and make sure God is a part of them and not trusting in anything that we do to make it happen, but trusting in the Lord. Um, okay, f- future mistake number three. Okay, last, last one we're going to talk about here today um, uh, when I'm preparing for the future. Possible mistake. Po- postponing what we know to do now, postponing what we know to do now. This is what James says. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do, this is an intimidating verse. Listen to this verse. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. He's saying postponing procrastinating and delaying can be sin. If you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, it is sin to do nothing when I know the right thing to do. I know what's, what should happen I know right now. What have you known to do for a long time, but you are not doing it? What is it? You know, has the Lord been speaking to you about your quiet time? He's been speaking to you about honoring God with your finances? Has he been speaking to you about sharing with a friend at work? Uh, you know, there's no guarantees about, about tomorrow. But it, it, this last little part in your notes, it just says this. James says, the future is uncertain. Your life is brief. Put God in the center of all your plans and do what you know is right today. If you have a pen with you right now, just on your notes right now, I want you just to, what do you know is right today that you are not doing? You know, some of you it might be a paper that you're supposed to be working on right now, right? You know, you, you, uh, you know, you, you know, it's, you, you, you know, it's going to mean the difference, you know, you know, these, pa- if, if you give the teacher something to work with, you hand in nothing, it's a zero. Your, 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 um, you, you know, your uh, uh, grade falls below 2-0. All at once we're in a situation where 
If that happens two semesters, you, you're cut off from all financial aid. You basically wipe out your whole experience all by not following through on something you know. Now listen, I know what it is. I know what it is when that powerful inertia comes over you and you, it's like, I know I'm supposed to do this, but I cannot bring myself to do it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know I'm supposed to do this. I, say, I know I'm supposed to do this, but I cannot bring myself. I, I just, you know, what do you need? You need divine help, right? You need God. You need to get down on your knees and say, God, you've got to help me. And, and, and uh, you know, I found for myself that many times you just have to start. You just have to do something. You just have to begin. You know, so maybe it's go to the, uh, to the library and just get the book you're supposed to read from. You know what I mean? Just, just do something that moves you in the right direction, right? That moves you in the right, because he, what is he saying here? He says, if you, therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Now, so what is it? Do you need to get right honoring God with your money? Do you need to get right with your family? Some of you right now, you've got some kind of tension going on with your family. You need to communicate to them and get it right. Uh, do you need to serve instead of lead? Some of you are in that kind of Some of you are in the situation where you need to lead instead of serve. You've been in this situation, you're always ready to go, you know, hey, somebody else be the leader, and I'm willing to help out, but the Spirit of God is saying to you, no, you be the leader. You, you, you take that step. I appreciated some of the leadership we had from our worship team today. I appreciated, uh, you know, lift your hands. Lead once in a while. Right? You're in charge. You're up front. Lead. You know, I'm saying it to all the worship teams right here. You think we're supposed to have our hands in the air? Tell us, lift your hands in the air. Hallelujah. You think we're supposed to shout? Tell us, shout. Let's shout to the Lord. You know, lead. Maybe God is speak to you. You know the right thing to do, but you, oh, don't be so weird. I don't know what they Some of you, it's exercise instead of video games. There's a healing that needs to happen. Some of you, it's almost anything other than video games. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's a, you know, pray, read your Bible. I could, I could have made a list other than video games. You know, do your homework, you know. Just save instead of spend, right? Save instead of spend. Maybe for some of you, it's work instead of taking adventure, you know? I, I know I talked to some students. I know there are people that have been here at the school that I've talked to them that God dealt with them the summer before they came to school. And they had had a mission trip planned, this thing planned, that thing planned. And they realized that if they did that trip, they would not have the money or what they needed to come to school. And so they decided, no, they're going to work and save instead of go on that adventure that they really wanted to go on, trusting that God is going to have other adventures for them in their life. Maybe God is, you know, that's the kind of thing he's talking to you. If you know what to do and you don't do it, you know the right thing to do, it could be sin. So just take a quick moment right now and just write uh, on your notes. Is there, is there something right now that you know this is the right thing to do? If I don't do this, I'm going it's, it's to be messing up. And I need God's help to help me right now. 
this is the right thing. This is what I need to be doing. This is the right thing to do. So if you have something like that that's in your mind, I want you just to lift both your hands in the air right now. Just lift your hands up before the Lord. You're just confessing. When you're lifting your hands, you're just confessing. You're just saying, okay, I get it. I hear it loud and clear for me. This is the right thing to do. If you don't do it, it's not right. It's not good. It's offensive. Lord, our hands are lifted before you right now, and we just humbly confess that we see something very clearly right now. And, Lord, we just invite you. We don't want to be practical atheists. We don't want to live our lives saying we believe this and we believe that, but when we take action, we just leave you out all the time. And Lord, we just right now, we just realize we need you to fulfill our destinies. We need you to do the things God's calling us to do. We need you, Lord. And, and we just ask you to move in our lives. Lord, I pray that many in this room, even those that have their hands lifted right now, that they would, they would not even see this as a strength. I pray that they would know what you have given me the experience of reaching into the future and changing lives and changing destinies through planning right now. I thank you for it by bringing you into those plans, God. We just believe you right now that they will have the ability to do something so powerful, so amazing. People will be in awe of it. We'll say, how, how, did, how is it possible? But literally, your creative strength and power will work through them. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great lunch. Thank you.